Welcome to Make It Happen, powered by Avon. I'm your host, Evie DeAngelis. For over 130 years and 34 years before women had the right to vote, Avon has been empowering women to rewrite the rules for business success. Sparked by female entrepreneurship, each episode features spirited discussion with motivating, inspirational, and candid real-life stories and secrets to success and how to make it happen. Join us as industry power players share their personal success stories about embracing opportunities, embracing failures, trusting their gut along the way, and everything in between. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Make It Happen, powered by Avon. I'm your host, Evie DeAngelis, and on today's show, I am thrilled to tell you about our guest, America's most recognized personal finance expert, a two-time Emmy Award-winning television host, best-selling author, magazine columnist, writer, producer, and motivational speaker. That's quite the list of um, accolades and accomplishments. Ms. Susie Orman, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm so happy to have you on the show. Thank you, Evie. But you know, you forgot one of the most important accolades of my whole life. Oh, well, let's hear it. Which happens to be a serious friend of Avon. (laughs) A serious friend. And I'm not just saying that because of this podcast and everything. Maybe you don't know, but my mom was an Avon representative. There's just something about it. So I'm so honored to be here. I just want you to know that. Well, and thank you so much for that. And I think, you know, it's always wonderful to have esteemed guests on the show, but even more wonderful when they have a personal Avon story. And um, I love that your mom was an Avon representative and that you have such a close tie to the brand. So of course, that is the most important accolade on the list. And thank you for sharing it. So Susie, your empowering career journey um, is really parlayed by your own personal experiences, which, you know, in this day and age of of storytelling and authenticity, I just think is incredibly important mm. to share out because, you know, there's a lot going on in the world and people want to know what's what and what's real. And so I would love it if you could share in your own very real, authentic way um, a little bit about your background and how you became such a renowned advocate on helping others find their own financial voice. You know, you can really only help others find their voice when you yourself have found your own. And it's not an easy thing to do. As I sit here and I speak with you, you know, I'm 67 years of age, and I have been doing this for a really long time. It's almost now 40 years that I've dedicated my adult life to helping people be more and therefore have more. But you know, Evie, it wasn't always that way with me. And I think one of the reasons why people can relate to me is because I am them. I didn't come from wealth. I didn't marry wealth. I didn't grow up you know, in a in an atmosphere where I was supposed to be this powerful woman. I grew up on the south side of Chicago. My mom was a secretary, as I said, and sold Avon on the side. My father was always sick. I myself was a waitress until I was 30 years of age, having been a waitress for seven years at that point, making $400 a month. So I get what it's like to not have any money. I get what it's like to think, I'll never really be anything. I'll never, ever do anything. So why even try? And by a very fluke set of circumstances, 
the customers that I had been waiting on for seven years at the Buttercup Bakery gave me $50,000 to open up my own restaurant. And I didn't know what to do with that kind of money, obviously. And they told me to go and put it in a money market account at Merrill Lynch. This is 1980 now. And I'm like, I don't know what to do. What's a Merrill Lynch? What's a money market <laughs> account? They explain all of this to me. And I go down and to make a very long story short, again, the broker who was assigned to me, the financial advisor, when I walked in, in a very short period of time, lost all $50,000 oh in three months. Wow. And everybody, now listen to how he just, just responded, because of that, because that happened to me, I now stand in front of you today being the world's personal finance expert. So you all have to remember when one door closes, another one opens, and that Everything happens for the best. So the reason why I am who I am is because I know what it feels like to lose all your money that's not even your money. I know what it's like to do what's right versus doing what's easy. So in many ways, I want you to think about me as the Robin Hood. Maybe it needs to what be about the Roberta like the, Hood. Like the I'm, sassy Roberta I Hood. Because I liked how yeah, you said there's like an aspect of you that's sassy. I was like, it's like the sassy Robin Hood. The sa like Robin, Robin's an androgynous name. We can go with it. I guess it, Robin could be yeah. a woman's name too, I guess. <laughs> yeah. We all, but whatever. <laughs> and so that's what started me. And then, you know, I went to work for Merrill Lynch. Obviously, I was there. Then I went on to be a vice president for three years of Prudential-based securities. Then in 1987, I started my own firm. And then when I had my own firm, one of my employees, ripped me off of all my money and blah, 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 blah. So then I learned what it was like to have money and then not have money and then what it took to get money again. And then in 1994, I just simply wanted to write a book to impress my clients. It was called You've Earned It, Don't Lose It. Who knew that that book would go on to sell 800,000 copies? And then Avon. Avon was responsible, believe it or not, for creating Susie Orman. And let me tell you why. It was Gail Blanke, who was the vice president for Avon at the time. This, again, is now back in 1995, 19, you know, beginning in 1996. And she created a subsidiary of Avon called Avon Life Design to teach people how to be healthy and how they think their money and things like that. And she hired me to teach a course. And it was called The Nine Steps to Financial Freedom. And the nine steps to financial freedom that was originally taught at Avon over and over again, obviously, I kept the copyright and everything for it, became the book, The Nine Steps to Financial Freedom, that went on to be one of the best-selling books of all time for Random House and literally changed this world. It was that book where I made my entree into the 29 times on the Oprah Winfrey show. Wow. So I think maybe we left like a few accolades off then, not just one. Um, <laughs> but my mind is actually blown right now. Um, some of those those details I knew and most of them I absolutely didn't. And I'm so grateful for you to share them with our listeners because, you know, I, I think a common theme that I heard throughout all of this is that of resilience. Mm 
And I, I think that that's so important for everybody listening, for all human beings, but, uh, you know, of course, for our Avon representatives, because being resilient when you are, um, you know, in the business of connection and connecting with people, that that's not always easy. And so your story of resilience about how, you know, when doors close, other doors open, that takes a level of resilience. And I would love to know um, a little bit more about how that was built. You know, Avon has over 130 years of history of of empowering resilient women um, through economic opportunity. And, you know, we talked about your mom being an Avon representative. Um, but, you know, I, I think that my parents are psychologists, so I always like to think about, you know, how people's upbringing had an influence on them. And I would love to know a little bit more about, um, you know, what you learned at an early age with this mom who was an Avon representative about <laughs> women and about financial independence, because what you just took us through is um, is quite the story. And I, I also, there's a near and dearness to my heart that you were a waitress and into your adult years, because I feel like every single person should it should be like a mandate that you have to work in the service industry so you know how to treat people <laughs> and that you know that it's yeah. important to know how to be treated. And it's a common theme that my friends and I talk about a lot. And I remember being a waitress and I was not a great one, um, but I think it taught me a lot about respect and, and how I just, you know, how I treat people in the world, you know, but I, I would love to hear a little bit more about, you know, at a young age, what you were learning about women, about financial independence and how that connected to your upbringing. You know, at a very young age, I really already knew that money was the key to happiness. And I knew that because I heard my mother and father fighting all the time about money. Mm, wow. I would watch when my mother would buy something and she would come home and hide it. And I would be like, why is she hiding it? And then very quickly, I learned she was hiding it because she didn't want my dad to know that she bought it because there were times that my mommy actually made more money than my father, which was back in the 50s. That was not a good thing to do. Right. So I had learned that. And my real lesson became thinking, I'm going to grow up and I'm going to make money. And that money's going to be the key to my happiness because I don't want to be like my mom and dad. I want to be happy. But I also knew that I was stupid. And I knew I was stupid because I had a speech impediment where I couldn't pronounce my R's, S's, or T's. So words such as beautiful came out as boobital. And because I couldn't speak, I couldn't read. And in the school I went to, they would seat you according to your reading score, which, of course, I was always the lowest in the entire school. And therefore, I never had any drive. I just kind of always settled. But what was interesting is that I always had faith. More than anything, everybody, more than your experiences, more than things that have happened to you, both good and bad and whatever, I had faith. I had faith in this, that everything happens for the best. And it was that faith that would get me by, no matter what went on. And I started to have an appreciation for the fact that I was raised in poverty, because that poverty allowed me to see eventually what was real as I got older. And when I did get my first job after being a waitress for all those years at Merrill Lynch, and I was making at least $10,000 a month, more than I ever dreamt possible, 
and I had money in my bank account and I still wasn't happy, now I had a dilemma. Mm -hmm. Because it was then that I realized, oh my God, money isn't the key to happiness. Right. And if money isn't the key to happiness, then what is? Now, with that said, let me say this one caveat. While money may not be the key to happiness, lack of money sure will make you miserable. Right. So there is a place that money plays in your life, but it's almost like it's a mirror. It's as if your money and the condition of your money and the amount of money you have is simply a reflection of your financial mirror of who you are, because you are the one who goes out and earns it. You're the one who does everything with it. And if you don't have the money that you want in your life right now, the question has to be asked and answered, what are you doing to be an obstacle in your path to happiness? Because if you're not happy, if you're not secure, if you don't feel whole with who you are, if you don't have your own self-worth, you will never, ever, ever have net worth. So money, who you are, and what you have is absolutely one. Wow. So it is essential that when you start on your path of life, that you make every step that you take, one, that you not only step towards who you are, but you make the other step as well as to what you want to have. Now, I'm not sure that answered your question now that I'm thinking about it. No, I think it did. That's where I went with it. I think it. it really did. And, you know, I mean, I think we all have these grounding experiences in our lives, right? And you talking about your mom and dad fighting about finances at a young age, of course, that has an impact. But what really resonated with me, and I think will resonate with so many of our listeners, is, you know, the what are you doing? as an obstacle on your path to happiness. Because there are so many choices that we all have to make on that path. And, you know, equating your net worth to your self-worth, I think is so important because they're all choices that we own and all choices that we can make. And, you know, you said on your path of life, right, decide not only who you are, but what, right, the who and the what. Um, Yeah, what you want to have. What you want to have, which I just think is so important. What I love about this, and I hope that our listeners can take away from what you said, is that that path can start today, even if you haven't been doing it up until now. And listen, everybody, and listen closely. (laughs) I was 45 years of age before I wrote my first book. Got that, everyone? 45 years of age. And the true wealth the magnificent wealth that I'm so happy to say that I have to this day, both inwardly and outwardly. That didn't really come to me till I was like 50, 55 years of age when it just started to pour in. So really, you want to stop trying? Really, you think you're too old? Really, you think you're not smart enough? Really, you think it's too late? Oh, if you think that, you never ever will get to where you want to be. Remember, your thoughts create your destiny. It's said to be very, very careful about what you think, because what you think you will eventually say. Be very careful about the words you use, because your words become your actions, your actions become your habits, and your habits become your destiny. Mm -hmm. If you think you can't, you never, ever will. Your words and your thoughts are more powerful than you have any idea. They have the ability to create or the ability to destroy, and the results are up 
to you. I love this. I love it so much. I'm, I have goosebumps right now. I'm not going to lie. I really do. And mm-hmm. I think, um, you know, I think so many people think that, like, if they didn't start when they were 20, that they'll never be able to do something. And and we do see a theme of reinvention um, at Avon with our Avon representatives and even with our customers. So, you know, one of the things that I just want to thank you for so much um, as you delivered that message was so much of that sass you were talking about. And I, I love that too. But, you know, <laughs> is thank you for, um, you know, that that real talk about, about your age and about how old you were when these things happened and about this thought process. I think it's just so incredibly helpful. So switching gears a little bit here, um, you recently headlined the Apollo Theater in New York City, the famous Apollo Theater, um, for a mm. two-hour motivational talk about women and financial independence in the celebration of your book, Women and Money. And we were thrilled, Avon, we were thrilled to attend and to bring dozens of Avon representatives to this event. So I would love to hear a little bit about, you know, the feeling that you had seeing your name in lights at the famed Apollo Theater and having the ability to connect with so many women in that world famous forum. What was interesting is that the word got out that Susie Orman wanted to do an event in New York at the Apollo, because, you know, I don't give many live talks anymore for the public. Usually I'm hired by these corporations and they pay me my fees and blah, 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 blah. But very seldom do I go out where I do a one-woman show where I'm responsible for filling those seats. That's a big responsibility, everybody. It's so much harder than you have any idea to get all of you to buy tickets to something like a talk about money. And so I thought about all the dreams that I had accomplished in life, whether it was my Emmy Awards or whatever it may have been, but I had one big dream. And that dream was to speak on the stage of the Apollo. And when I started to tell people I wanted to go to New York and speak at the Apollo, you have no idea how many people said to me, no, you don't. That's not where you belong. You belong somewhere in Midtown, somewhere uptown. Let's do Lincoln Center. Let's do some snooty, snooty little stupid <laughs> place. And and let's do that. That's where people will come to see you. And I was like, no, nope, that's not the people that I want to come see me. Right. I want the people who want to come see me to be people who nobody really has ever spoken to about money. Maybe nobody has ever paid attention to them because just maybe they don't have any money. And so most financial types don't care about you if you don't have any money. And so if you don't have any money, they're not going to make money off of you. So why waste their time on all of you? And that's who I want. I want all of you who feel hopeless I want all of you who feel like nobody cares about you. I want all of you that don't have a clue where to start, no matter how old or young you happen to be. I want you to come to me. I want you to come to me via my own personal podcast, Women and Money, or absolutely through the book, Women and Money, or through the course that I have that, you know, if you're interested in that all you have to do is go to S-U-Z-E-U, that's letter U, dot com, and put in the name or the access code WOMEN, and then you can download that course for free. It's a $54 course. You can have it for free. Do anything and everything you can, but I want to be your teacher. Because I know, you can hear it in my voice, people, I know without a shadow of a doubt that my years of experience can help you and we can team up together to change your lives for the better. 
so that you can walk down the right path with the right moves, not make mistakes, and do it for yourselves. And so therefore, that night when I walked on that stage and the entire audience stood up for me, oh my God, at that moment, every dream that I've ever had has now come true. Wow. I feel like I just went to like my house of worship and like I'm like screaming amen like that. That just moved me so much. And, you know, I think that um, there's truly a, a benevolence in, in this message. But I love that, you know, you're um, you're so about just sharing uh, for lack of a, a better analogy, these gold nuggets with people and for helping people better themselves. And, um, you know, I know you said it earlier. One of your key mantras is that self-worth is net worth. And that really has stuck with me since you said it. And, you know, I, I've obviously read it um, in various aspects of me reading about you and and seeing your your career to date. But it hearing it um, while talking to you just is so impactful. And that message itself is so impactful. So why is that such an important message for women specifically to embrace? We count big time. But we can only count big time if we start counting ourselves in. We have to count ourselves in. We have to take care of ourselves. We have to support each other. We have to pick each other up. We have to be there for ourselves because I just feel like we've run into a big roadblock. We have to be strong. We have to be smart. We have to be secure, which is why I brought out the book Women and Money again, and which is why I'm on this campaign once again. And to absolutely help those who don't know how to even help themselves, or if they do, they're just looking for answers. Listen up there, if you have a lot of money and you're secure and you're doing great, I'm so, so happy for you. But can you then just make sure that you know that you're making your own financial decisions? Do you really own the power to control your destiny? Or is your future in the hands of some financial advisor or some manager or whatever, and you don't really know what's going on? Because if that's the case, you are not a powerful woman. And you have got to be in this day and age a powerful woman who knows about her money, who knows about who she is, who understands how to invest it, who understands what to do, who understands what not to do and can help everybody. So I'm looking to create a circle of financial power, a circle of self-power, a circle that encompasses every single woman out there and the men smart enough to want to join us so that we can complete this circle so that everybody inside of it is protected and they're protected by their own actions. And our actions help protect other women's actions. And before you know it, we are where we want to be because we got ourselves there because I just don't think anybody else has the interest in doing it. You know, at one point in time in my life, um, a mentor gave me some advice and said, you know, you have to be an advocate for yourself. And this was in the context of my career, but I've applied it to other things in my life, too. You have to be an advocate for yourself because nobody else will advocate for you the way that you will. And it, it was early on in my career, and it really I took it to heart because I thought to myself, why won't anyone else advocate for me the way that I will? And so what you said about us doing it for each other 
I think is so important because we should all be advocating for each other. And we should fight for someone else the way that we want to fight for ourselves, right? And sometimes we have to lift each other up because someone else might be having the day where they can't be that advocate for themselves. So I'm, I'm so glad that you said it that way. Thank you so much for that yeah. message. Yeah, you're welcome. You know, I just want to say one more thing there because, you know, Avon, everybody, I don't know if you know this, but they're very involved with the National Domestic Violence Hotline. And recently, we just did seven interviews of women who survived abusive relationships. And I've been staying very close in contact with many of those women. And recently, and it was just this morning, I was talking to a woman who has two children who makes maybe $45 a week. She can't save any money and blah, 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 blah. And she told me how she had just lent a friend of hers $100. Because she wanted to help her friend because her friend was in need. Mm. And I wrote her back this quote that's from me that says, the day you put your needs in front of others' wants is the day you have really started on the road to financial freedom. Mm. So even though what we just said is we have to help each other, lift each other up, be there for one another you know, help others get their voice. You still can't lose your own. And you still have to know that it's just great if you say no out of love for yourself versus yes out of fear that somebody else, another woman won't like you. Your kids won't like you. You have got to put your own needs before other people's wants. And that's part of the circle. That's part of showing others that they can do that as well. Because if somebody's coming to you, somebody then comes to them. And what we're doing is we're creating a powerless circle versus a powerful one. Mm. So just be clear, everybody. This isn't about all of us volunteering, all of us taking care of everything. And No, this is about you being the strong woman that you are meant to be. And through your strength, you help lift others up. You cannot hold up this world if you are weak. That's right. But you can hold up anything and everything when you are strong, which means you have put on your own financial oxygen mask before anybody else's. Right. Always put on place your mask first before you place those around you, right? Um, I, I love this quote no out of love for yourself versus yes out of fear of other people. I mean, that resonates so much. And I actually have a friend who really could stand hearing that. So I just wrote it down and I took a picture of it. I'm going to text it to them. Um, but give, give them a copy I, of Women I, and I Money because that's what the whole book is I, I about. I absolutely will. And thank you for bringing up that Avon is a partner with the National Domestic Violence Hotline. And I, and we're so grateful to all the work that you you did um, with us in that partnership and um, the podcast that you have um, where you interviewed some of our Avon representatives about their own stories. So before we wrap up, I have two more questions for you. Um, and I can speak from personal experience here and on behalf of so many of our Avon representatives and my own friends and family that, you know, taking control of financial freedom, of your own financial freedom, can seem really daunting at times. So I would love for you to share with our listeners um, some key insights on ways to 
always remain positive and optimistic about conquering those financial fears, um, especially yeah. for those who are either just starting out or looking to take back control. And you did say, you know, a lot about mindset and your thoughts driving what you say and your actions. But I would love for you to dig into that a little bit more. Yeah. And I do go into this, by the way, everybody, in the book, Women and Money. And just so you know, I'm not plugging it. Just so you go out and buy it, you can go to the library and take it out and just read it there and or wherever you happen to go with it. And you can get what I'm talking about here. Fear, shame, and anger are the three internal obstacles to wealth. And when you're afraid to do something, or you don't have that faith in yourself, mm -hmm. you have to silence that fear because it is that fear that keeps coming up that prevents you from being more and therefore having more. So when I first became a stockbroker at Merrill Lynch, you guys have any idea how afraid I was? I had been a waitress my whole life. I was driving a 1967 Volvo station wagon, and this is 1980 when they hired me. So I was so afraid. I was like paralyzed. And I said, okay, Susie Orman, you have to create a new truth, something that you could say to yourself every single day to get over this fear. And that new truth was this. I am young, powerful, and successful, producing at least $10,000 hmm. a month. I was 30 years of age. I wasn't so young. I wasn't powerful. I was scared to death. Yeah, I wasn't successful and producing at least $10,000 a month. Are you kidding me? Remember, I was making $400 a month. That was an impossible task. But I wrote that truth 30 times a day. I screamed that truth on the way to work 30 times. You know, right there, you know, 25, 30 times, I would just do it. And then I would look in the mirror and repeat it silently to myself 25 to 30 times a night before I went to bed. And I did that every single night for over six months, every single morning, every single afternoon. And within six months, guess what? That truth became a reality. So all of you need to right here and right now, or when you can, write down what is your greatest fear when it comes to money? And then create a new truth that is directly opposite that fear. If your fear is, I'm never going to have enough money, then your new truth is, I have more money than I will ever need. Make it present tense. Don't limit yourself. If God wanted me to have more than $10,000 a month, great. So that's why I said at least $10,000 a month. Hmm. Just try that. And every time you say you can't, repeat your new truth. Every time you think, I'm never going to be able to do this, write your new truth. Do this. Take a vow that for six months, you are going to do that every single day, three times a day, 25 times each. And every time you have a negative thought, you're going to say that. And let's just see what happens in six months. I, like I said earlier, I feel like, I feel like I just went to church. Amen. Wow. I, I um, This is as good for me as I'm sure it was for all of our listeners. Like I just, um, I've gotten personally so much out of this and I know everybody listening um, will as well. And what I love that you said about that, it's not just about the repetition of a mantra, but it's about making it present tense. Not I will do this, but I am this um, or I have this or, you know, whatever speaks to somebody. I, just, I love that so much. And it's just a, a very slight um, reframing of a mindset, but can really make all the difference. So yeah. before we wrap up, I always like to ask my guests a few rapid fire kind of, you know, silly random questions. So if you're game, 
I All am... right. So first and foremost, what is your favorite vacation spot? Oh, where I live in the Bahama Islands. Oh. I have my own little island that I live on, and I couldn't ask for anything more than that. Lovely. Sounds perfect. Um, what is the best it advice <laughs> you've ever gotten from a mentor? It's better to have 50% of something than 100% of nothing. Mm. Love that. I'm going to take that one too to my, uh, my vault of great tips I've gotten on this in this interview. <laughs> what is in this day of digital, and we are becoming more and more of a digital company here at Avon, what is your favorite app? Oh, boy, you're going to be surprised at this one, but CNN. Um, one of my favorites, I love too. Just, yeah, I just love reading the news. I love in the morning that I have five news stories that I should look at. And that's where I spend most of my time reading exactly what is going on in this world. Because it's easy to look at money and know what to do with money, but you only know what to do with money when you know what's happening in this world. Great tip. Perfect advice and also good to hear about uh, your favorite app, which I'm sure so many people are also digesting regularly. And last but not least, because we are a beauty company, I have to ask, what is your number one or maybe your top three tips on making those baby blue eyes pop? Oh, boy, you know, <laughs> um, the, the tips are more blue eyeliner that right under the lid so that they pop that way. Yep to wear a blue shirt that enhances them and to have my hair a little bit lighter blonde and my eyebrows a little darker and that makes them pop. I love that. That's so great. Really, really good advice. And I think we've got some some blue liner here at Avon for our blue-eyed customers and representatives. There you go. Susie, I feel like I could talk to you all day long, but we unfortunately, sad for me, um, have come to the end of our show. But I just cannot thank you enough for not only joining us today and taking your time to um, share all of these amazing tips and gold nuggets and pieces of information and just true mentorship with our listeners, but also for your ongoing partnership and love um, for the Avon brand and everything that we have done with you so far and will continue to do with you. Um, it just means so much. So thank you so much for joining us. Anytime, my friend. I hope I see you all soon. Absolutely. And to all of our listeners, thank you so much for listening to the Make It Happen Powered by Avon podcast. You can connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, and at www.avon.com forward slash podcast. And you can also rate and review our show on Apple Podcasts. 